Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And it's a beautiful beginning of the week. I feel like I'm better. I'm not all stuffy and got to have I think my voice still sounds a little bit strange as I hear it in my own ears but we had a really exciting weekend really busy weekend and I want to talk about that in a few minutes but you know what JC as I'm preparing for the show today I'm thinking oh my goodness I haven't even watched the news all weekend long hmm. I mean I don't think I don't think I've seen the news since we prepared for the show on Thursday we don't and have I to thought actually watch the news. And no, know what's going on. no. I mean, I watch when I when I say watch the news, I mean the headlines. You know, I'm I'm reading it on my cell phone or on the internet or something. I don't mm. actually watch news. That just that's too frustrating. <laughs> but when I started when I started to to do the research for uh, the show today, I saw that the people are people are still talking about the abortion issue in uh especially sparked by uh new york and of course the super bowl is in the news and uh oh yeah that happened this (laughs) so we didn't even watch the super bowl i was like ah (laughs) you know and and actually our pastor said something the other day when sports becomes political right that's when he doesn't want to watch it. I mean, that's the whole reason we watch sports, isn't it? You and I. So we shut down the political stuff, and we watch sports. We love MMA. We love uh, uh, basketball. I like football, you know, that kind of stuff. But it gets really, really tedious when sports announcers start talking about politics to which the majority of them know absolutely nothing about. Yeah. We don't typically watch end up watching the Super Bowl anyway. No. No. Well, it's, you know, I mean it, it no, we like catch the last half if we make it home from church in time. But. Right. Right. But the Super Bowl was not the news. I mean, everybody knew the Patriots were going to win. So, I mean, the Super Bowl itself was not the news. Do you know what the news was about the Super Bowl? Oh, I'm sure I know what the news was. Some commercial. No. Oh, really? Oh, commercial Maroon, or a halftime, halftime show? show. Halftime always, show. Halftime show. So it's always the news. The hubbub that I'm watching in the headlines is that people are ticked off at Maroon 5. You know why? Why? Because they did an apolitical halftime show. Uh, are you kidding so me? So now it's expected that they preach. Are you kidding me? 
I was like, oh, man, I'm sorry I missed that halftime show. Because for once I could have seen something that was apolitical. Yeah, so not only is politics crept into everything, now it's expected to be in everything. I think the the comedian, Kevin Hart, Uh uh, I think he got the same kind of, they were attacking him for a while. Yeah. because he was not taking enough. some political platform and yeah, yeah. and making some message about right. l- about politics in the world, Tra- you know what that is translation. They didn't hate on Trump publicly. No, that was exactly it. Yeah, it I mean, wasn't that, hating on Trump. That was criticism. And the whole maroon. Why five, don't you make fun of Trump? Well, see, the, the apparently this this the the created scandal is that the group leader of Maroon Five had made political comments against the NFL uh, for their treatment of Kaepernick. Or Kaepernick. How do you say that? Is it Kaepernick? I don't remember. Cap. Cap. Their treatment of Cap. And uh, so he's getting he's getting um, uh, slapped back because he didn't turn the halftime show into a bash of NFL mm-hmm. for Cap, right? And he's like, look, I – I thought about this, and I meditated on this. He's obviously not Christian. He didn't say he prayed about it, but and he said he wanted to thank the universe for the opportunity. But the whole show was written about uh, unity and putting aside differences and getting along. It was about, I, I mean, it, they had these apparently these lanterns that came up with words on them, and they said love and mm. respect and whatever. And and so, but they're killing him because he talked about love and respect. Yeah, I always kind of enjoy when the tolerant liberals turn on other tolerant <laughs> liberals. I know, right? Yeah, because it's, hey, it shows you. It shows you, you exactly their character and who yeah. they are. You see that, at, you know, every couple of months, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we had a really great weekend. Friday night, uh, I taught at the Alamo. In Texas? No, nope, no, nope. still haven't taught at the Alamo in Texas. This is an Alamo in Florida. So there's a gun range in Naples, Florida called the Alamo, and we've taught there before. It's a fun place to teach. You know, I'm, I'm teaching on state sovereignty while I hear in the background. But nobody made their last stand there. No, no last stand. Not yet, anyway. Not yet, anyway. You couldn't make a stand in that thing. That that place, if you've ever been there, has the the largest, heaviest front door I have ever seen next to the state capitol in Philadelphia. You remember that's the, the Philadelphia yeah. Cap State Capitol is the uh, or the Pennsylvania State Capitol is the one that's got all the faces in the door, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The door is ginormous, and yeah. it's like four feet thick or something it's crazy and there's a secret head in the faces that colton found so if you make it to the pennsylvania state capitol look for the secret head in the door (laughs) that sounds gross (laughs) i know right but when you get there you'll figure out what that is but i taught on state sovereignty and we had a really really excited crowd and uh, I think we sparked some real flames. Did you have any feedback from the people at the table, or? Oh, just I mean, they were excited about it. I mean, they they uh, definitely wanted the the book Sovereign Duty and the DVD of of uh, that presentation. So, well, because the presentation not only identifies the problems 
in America, right? And with the problems specifically with, well, I guess specifically with federal our overreach. federal overreach and the problems with our, um, what Jefferson called, apathetic state governments. Yeah. And, and it doesn't only identify the problems, but it also presents the solutions. Not the solutions by Chrisanne or JC's opinions, but the solutions that were actually presented by those who ratified the Constitution. And it's something that we have been denied for so long. And if people were to ask me, what is the single reason that our federal government is out of control? What is the single solution for fixing this? Uh, or what is a single reason we can't fix this? I would say it's because we have been denied this specific education for many, many generations. Yeah. I mean, I teach this, and we go through it. We go through it simply. We go through it logically. We go through it historically. We go through it factually. It's not me standing up there giving Chris Ann Hall's opinions. We always have the the documents. We go through the words of the documents themselves. We hear the words. I mean, I guess we don't actually hear Madison, but we see the words from those who ratified the Constitution, and it becomes very, very clear, especially especially when we get to this supremacy clause. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm convinced, JC, that 95%, maybe more, of the people in America have actually never read the supremacy clause. Right. They just take what their school teacher or their textbook or their professor or their law professor says about the supremacy clause, and it teaches the exact opposite. Yeah, I... It's mind-boggling. It is. That's the only explanation to me. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't actually read it, because I, I remember the first time I actually read it, and I, I thought, know. "Oh, wait a minute, that's not. <laughs> it's not what it's saying." I know. I know. Most Americans believe, and if you Google, I don't know if you still can, but if you Google, and I'm specifically saying Google, not just any search engine. So if you put "supremacy clause" in the search window in Google, it will pull up. Uh, a short, you know how they give you the short answers in Google. Mm. Their short answer is a clip from Cornell University that does not does not actually state the supremacy clause, but states error about the supremacy clause, mm -hmm. and states that the, the so Cornell University obviously teaches that the supremacy clause establishes that generally federal laws are supreme to state law and state constitution. Does it say generally? It says generally. I say, so then it doesn't explain, but it doesn't explain what that generally means. Right, exactly. Because when, when you combine that with what people are taught, that generally means, you know, general welfare, generally means all the time, right? So, so people just simply don't know and we're not taught to challenge these things and we've been we've been frightened and intimidated from actually reading the constitution ourselves because professors and and teachers and textbooks teach us that it's too complicated to understand well, and it, it, we we just don't do it i suspect if they actually define generally and and it's probably how people understand it they would say you know well they're generally you know supreme unless the supreme court says they're not that, yeah. <laughs> that's probably what they would say, yeah. which, you know, so then if they say, if they said that, then they'd have to be teaching 
a, a falsehood, or at least it's not a practical falsehood, because that is what happens, but it's unconstitutional. It's not what the Constitution says or teaches, but and that's not the structure. But it's not even accurate to say generally, right. because federal laws are not generally supreme no. to the state laws and state constitution. They are supreme specifically under specific circumstance. And so the generally things makes people think they're more supreme than they're not, when actually they're less supreme than they are. There's only one small window for supremacy. The supremacy clause is the states all agreeing together they will follow the Constitution and they will make their laws in compliance with the Constitution. That's the supremacy clause. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. And I think uh, that's what we were talking about before we broke is, is a very important aspect the supremacy clause. Remember, the Constitution is an agreement between the states right. on how they're going to operate together in unison in the union. And they're agreeing that, hey, when laws follow, when federal laws follow the Constitution, when they are made, the exact languages, when they are made in pursuance to the Constitution, then we will give them supremacy. You know, there's so many... There's so many implications in defining it that way properly mm-hmm. that that they don't want to say right. that they right. don't want to admit, right? Because then that means some things, you know. So right. you're letting people know. I mean, they just totally turn over the apple cart. Oh, wait right. a minute. What do you mean states agreeing together? What? What? And so people begin to understand <laughs> right. the states right. are the power that originated this thing. The states are the power that uh, that have uh, given uh, these authorities to the federal government on behalf of the people. So. But it should be a very simple definition. It should be something that's taught in school. It should be something that's taught in these colleges. Okay. To say say, um, the supremacy clause is where the states came together in making their contract Mm -hmm. that we call the Constitution and agreed that they would all together follow the Constitution and that they would make their laws and that their courts would operate uh, according to that Constitution. That's yeah. a supremacy clause. Yeah. And period. But here's my here's the thing that that bothers me, JC, is when you ask about the supremacy clause, you don't get the supremacy clause. Right. So the supremacy clause is not written on a PhD level. You don't have to have a PhD to understand what the supremacy clause says when you read it. You got to have like a sixth grade grammar education at you best. You don't have to Why know not? Latin? No, there's no Latin in it. And it's not in Chinese. It is, it, it, it's really not. And I understand that sometimes the, ro- the, the those who drafted the constitution and ratified the constitution wrote with, with complex sentence structure. Right. Using commas and semicolons and colons and ladders and formers that we don't use very often. And sometimes it can it can be complicated for me even sometimes. But the supremacy clause is not written that way. No. 
And just because we don't diagram sentences anymore in school doesn't mean we can't understand what we're reading. I, I, I don't know. It just, it stuns me. But you're right, because it has great implications. Not only does it have implications that the states are the f- source of all this agreement, right? It also has implications that, hey, well, maybe some things that Congress does are not lawful. Right. Maybe some executive orders the president might make are not legally binding on the states. And maybe some Supreme Court opinions, because the federal government is, uh, the Supreme Court is part of the federal government, right? You might actually have to ask those questions. Maybe the Supreme Court opinions are not lawful and binding. Yeah, I think that's the heart of the problem. It goes back to, you know, you don't know what you don't know. We, uh, people don't, think it matters to right. them. It's, right. since, since they're not acquainted with the principles of liberty, they don't think it matters whether I understand the supremacy clause, if I've even ever heard of it or know what it is. Who cares? So that's the attitude because they don't clearly see, uh, no, how you define this thing and how you understand it actually impacts you. Absolutely. It, uh, it controls you. JC, it's not even an impact. It is a literal control. Sure. So I uh, back to this the states not having to follow uh, federal laws, and I'll say they don't have to follow Supreme Court opinions that are not constitutional. I want to go to this abortion thing because I'm seeing this all over social media. Uh, South Carolina Senate approves bill to ban all abortions, declares unborn babies people under law. Well, I I don't want to dash anybody's hopes, but this is actually a resurrected article or a resurrected story from May of 2018. Mm -hmm. That happened. You see that happen sometimes. People just start flashing these headlines and people start thinking that they're brand new. Well, no, this happened. um, This this particular article from Life News is from May 3rd, 2018. And it is encouraging that the South Carolina State Senate would do this, but the reality is the next day the House uh, killed the bill when uh, five Republicans joined the Democrats to kill the bill in the House, Mm -hmm. in in a House committee. So um, I want to come back, though, and just pretend that this has actually happened and we can talk about the implications. As arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every direction we cry around. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Hey, you guys, do you have your Liberty First gear? I'm reminded because during the commercial or commercial, during our bumper uh, on YouTube, we had uh, the Liberty First gear uh, display up and we have coffee mugs and ladies, we have we have founding mother leggings and T-shirts and hoodies and phone covers, all of these things to help you start the conversation about liberty and truth in history here in America. The icebreakers 
Yeah. The icebreakers that we need to start these conversations. Could be some guys listening in San Francisco or something. Right. They, they may want some leggings too. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say they might want some Christmas Addicts t-shirts or something. No, you said ladies. We have leggings. Ladies. Oh, right, right. Well, okay. So, hey, I'm not hating. Guys, you want to get some some founding mother leggings? Go for it. Right. No, don't. <laughs> Maybe they're gonna wear it to their Zumba class. <laughs> Is that what they call that stuff now? I have no idea. I just saw the commercial. Zumba. <laughs> I have no idea what Zumba is, so sorry. <laughs> I don't want to know now. Because <laughs> men wear leggings don't, at Zumba class. Don't tell me. <laughs> See, definitions are important. Definitions are important. So before the break, we talked about this, uh, this old thing from 2018. South Carolina Senate approves ban to bill all abortions. And I just want to mention, because a lot of times when we talk about the states taking actions like this, people always say, well, isn't Roe v. Wade the law of the land? And how can the states overturn what the Supreme Court has declared to be law? Now, you know there are so many things wrong with those statements, right? So the Supreme Court doesn't make law, they make opinions. And the bottom line is the federal government was never delegated the authority to define life. Mm -hmm. And since the federal government's not delegated the authority to define life, then the Supreme Court's opinion matter is irrelevant unless that's the fact they're stating. So the federal government can't dictate life to the states, and that's the opinion that should have come out, right? From the Supreme Court, but I want to and and I would say they 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 have an obligation to defend life. Yeah, I mean, isn't that Declaration of Independence? Yeah, but I don't think that I don't think that uh, that they have the authority to dictate it to the states. They should defend it uh, from a federal level, but they don't have the authority to to deal with that issue on and mandate that issue on the state level. Mm-hmm. The only way that they would have the, the authority to do that on the, from the federal level to the state level is if there was a, a state compact, an interstate compact where certain states said, this is what we agree. We all agree on this and we are going to uh, or, or we're going to uh, ask the federal government through this interstate compact to um, to help us within our states. But that wouldn't apply to any of the states that were not in the compact. Seems the other way you would do it is to have a constitutional amendment. Yeah. It seems to me they're, they're def- defining life away, not really right. defining life. I mean, because they never said what life is. They said right. it's what it's not. But they, they, well, they said, well, what's really bizarre about it is, you know, so we're not defining life. I don't remember exactly how the no, they said the, the that opinion if said, but they said viability is the issue. If and the, the right. Supreme Court opinion actually said which is that not a, defining life. It's just saying when you can take it. Right. It's defining what life is not. So life is not before this term called viability. And in the Supreme Court opinion that the, the, the majority court actually said, if you can prove to us that viability happens at an earlier stage, 
then we will back up our opinion to that stage. But you realize viability, okay, when you talk about defining life, mm-hmm. viability means viability is, is, is a, uh, a limit of survival. Yes, absolutely. Right? We so, talk about that in my article, um, yeah. in my article, The Inalienable Right to Life. It's just a strange thing because you're talking about how long, like, like you say, I think, you, I think maybe you use this example in your article. If you take a goldfish, you know, and lay yep. it, take it, snatch it out of its bowl and lay it on the table and then, you, you know, leave it alone. Right. It, it's not viable. It's going to die. Okay. Because you took it out of its environment. So viability is not the definition of life because right. the goldfish <laughs> was already alive. Yeah. So in other words, you'd have to say the goldfish was not alive in the bowl. And who would because say Because he died. Well, here's even better. What if I ejected you into space yeah. without a space suit? It would not be viable. You would not be viable I in would space. Not. Does that mean you're not I was alive never here alive. on Earth? Yeah, no. Right. So, so that whole, even their whole argument, they're not defining life. They've never defined no. life. Uh, they don't have the authority, as you said, to define life. But so in reality, they're, they've simply said when you can kill. Right. I and mean, that's what they've said. That's a very good point, and, Jason. And, and that's so exactly that ought, what they said. It's that like, ought to be. We're okay with you killing things as long as it falls within our proper definition. And, the, and if you think about it, when you talk about their viola- viability argument, they're, they're saying um, it's, it's almost like you can, you can put this living thing in a position to die. I mean, I may be splitting hairs, but you can put this thing in a position to die. Or, you, I mean, well, you're literally killing it. Or let me, let me say this. I guess they're doing sort, sort of uh, it's a kind of a of subjunctive both, argument. Right? Like, okay, if, if. The ch- if the child, the fetus, I guess, as they say, couldn't survive out of the womb at this point, um, then you can then you can kill it before. Uh, so it's the same thing as the goldfish. Like so mm-hmm. they're not saying it's not alive. They're saying, OK, if you were to remove this and put it in a situation where it would not be able to continue to live, you can kill it. Right. <laughs> it's just a w- really wacky wacky argument well i think new york opens up a whole new perspective in light of 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 this conversation in light of the supreme court's opinion because remember the supreme court's opinion is all hinged on viability and the majority opinion specifically said that viability is uh you can take it out of the womb and it will live without medical intervention, okay? And we're not talking about mom feeding it or whatever, right? So the Supreme Court recognizes that a baby needs to be fed, right? And that's in the that's in the opinion. So viability is when you remove the feed the baby from the womb and it 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 cannot cannot survive without medical intervention. But guess what? If you had not intervened in the first place, it would have lived, I mean, it's a, right? So how I well, look at it, because the very word abortion implies yeah, you've put abor- a you've sudden end to something that was uh, already happening. Okay, and that's the key to me to look at this. It's a life process. Pregnancy right. is a life process. Abortion means an interruption of a process. We mm-hmm. stop 
something that was underway. Right. And it's talking about, it said, you you know, they talk about you abort the pregnancy because mm-hmm. they don't want to say you abort, you the, abort baby. the baby or the <laughs> fetus. Right. So the pregnancy, pregnancy is the life process. So had uh-huh. you not intervene, then you would end up with life. So you are taking a life. You are stopping the right. process that brings about life. Well, and what I want to talk about today is how New York's law changes all of that. Because New York's law now says that you can kill a child beyond viability. Right. So what we're really seeing here is New York nullifying Roe v. Wade. And yes. I, it's not being presented like that. But that's a very important thing we need to recognize well, that's what I said. New York is not is not securing their, you know, I mean, I guess they're securing their ability to make their own laws, but that's because that's nullification. But what they're but we're not reporting is they're actually overturning Roe Wade. They are, yeah, that's they that's are true. overturning Roe Wade because part of part of that uh, decision was was that it's illegal beyond. Yes. Beyond uh, viability. Which they typically s- say is 24. 24, like 24 weeks. weeks is what right. they kind of generally weeks. target. Right. 24 weeks. And so I'm wondering why nobody in the media is actually giving that kind of information. Yeah. Well, I'm not actually wondering. I know why. Because if you actually come out and speak the truth about the New York law, that the New York law is overturning Roe Wade, then what happens is is you you suffer the possibility that you will actually encourage the 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 cowardice in the other states to say, oh, well, if New York can overturn Roe, so can we. Because I guarantee you that... That's what you're going to say about the South Carolina That's thing. what I'm going to say about the South Carolina thing. You see, a lot of people, we see this in Florida, right? Because we have a, we have a Republican House, a Republican Senate, a Republican Governor, a Republican Attorney General. I mean, a whole cabinet's Republican. And every single Republican runs on a pro-life platform. We have one Democrat now. Oh, yeah, right, in the... Commissioner of Agriculture, right? Well, that's why I said every single Republican runs on a pro-life platform. But when you put their feet to the fire, like our friend Charles Van Zant did when he was in the House, they won't pass pro-life laws. Now, we know that's usually because they don't want to lose their campaign platform, right? You can't make abortion illegal because then you can't get money for your campaign by running on pro-life platforms. I'm going to say again, the reason is they're liars. Well, That's the reason. Well, and then some of them in, in their... Self-defense will throw up the excuse. Well, if we if we outlaw abortion, we'll have to deal with all the lawsuits and and what about Roe and Casey and blah 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 blah. Liars. Right, liars. But here's the point: if New York can overturn Roe in favor of death, then every state who runs on a pro-life, every representative, every senator in the states that run on a pro-life platform, you have no excuse. You are going to be exposed as a liar if we all agree to speak accurately. So if New York can overturn Roe for in favor of death, then why can't we have the courage of those who claim pro-life overturn Roe in the name of life. 
It's just a simple question. I'm a long, long way from my home. And I'm going to change all the things I find. The Chris Ed Hall Show. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our final segment today. And I just wanted to mention to you, JC, I'm terrible at doing these ad things. You realize I talked about the Liberty First gear and never even told people how to get it. Go to the shop at chrisannhall.com. <laughs> Thank you. You got to notice these things for me, JC. You're better at this than Go I am. Go to Chris Ann Hall, click shop. You'll see a tab for gear. And you can get your picture. leggings for your Zumba class. I think there's a mug on it. <laughs> you know, here's a bizarre just wacky coincidence. I mean, I don't know why this came up. Just It's out of nowhere, out of the blue. Just weird. I guess somebody's just interested in it. But all of a sudden, I, I'm see, I see uh, come across an article about former district attorney Henry Wade and how he was a racist judge. or He ended up being a racist judge and this, and it was all racist. He's such a racist. He's such a bad guy, Roe v. Wade. So mm-hmm. just, just bizarre. I mean, coincidentally, uh, it's now being reported on how bad a guy this guy was. Just such a bad guy. Ah. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. That's interesting. Yeah. What a coincidence, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, and a similar hmm. article I was researching. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to percolate on that one for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and you're not. They're not gonna. They don't report. You won't find many articles from those same folks talking right. about. Um, I forget the lady's name now, but the the lady who who uh, worked under the pseudonym Jane Roe, they don't talk about oh, how yeah. she got saved and now she right. was uh, a big pro-life um, proponent. Huge and pro-life. Regretted, you know, all this stuff. So anyway, and, uh, you know, it's funny reading about her, too. She was. I mean, she was just a mess of a person mm-hmm. at the time. They just they just and abused and took advantage of well, her. Well, the law firm, the lawyers were shopping for a mm-hmm. plaintiff uh, so that they could challenge. That's what the ACLU does all yeah, the time. Yeah, they shopped and they found her uh, and she they put her name on it. She signed the papers and that's pretty much all she did. Right. That was it. She signed. I mean, they just used her and... Um, she didn't even have to attach. They like, and this was crazy too. So they made a deal with the court, and the person whose name is on uh, the suit didn't even have to appear. Didn't have to say nothing. She signed it. Boom, she's gone. Yeah. And they never, they never actually received her. The movement mm-hmm. uh, didn't receive her because their whole pitch was was the image of you know, uh, upwardly mobile suburban white women. This woman was a drug addict, a a lesbian, um, you know, rough looking, down and out. Just, just, she was not the image that they tried, that they were trying to say this affected. So the whole thing was a total, 
uh, show and scam. Well, the whole opinion the was a was a total show and scam. If you go to chrisannhall.com and you read the article, The Inalienable Right to Life, I show you why Roe was not based on science. Remember, my background is biochemistry, so I'm not just pulling this out of thin air. So, uh, you know, the, it's not based on science. It's not even based on good law. I couldn't so believe. So the whole thing, the whole opinion is just completely contrived. It's, I, it's nearly as bad as the Affordable Care Act opinion. I couldn't believe that the case was argued on the basis of the Ninth Amendment. Yeah. It's like, what? I know. Uh, what what I are know. you talking about? I know. What, what do you mean the Ninth Amendment? Yeah. Huh? Well, you can do that because nobody knows, what, you know, the general public doesn't know what the Ninth Amendment is. I mean, lawyers don't even know what the Ninth Amendment is. You know, I, I remember law school and, uh, you know, I graduated from the University of Florida with a graduating class of 300. And I bet the majority of them would tell you they never even looked at the Constitution during the, their term. They looked at what was printed in the textbook, right? They never actually picked up or looked at the Constitution itself. And I can't, I, I know, you know, I can't even say this. I don't even know if we talked about the Ninth Amendment anymore. And I had a really good constitutional law teacher, Joseph Little. I, and I think he's retired, and I just, I loved him a lot. But it's amazing to people, and I think a lot of people's minds would be blown if they realized how little lawyers actually learn about the Constitution. Yeah, I think their mind would be blown by by you know understanding the court says the ninth amendment gives you a right to terminate the life of a child so yeah what yeah okay sorry <laughs> it's just bizarre <laughs> it's so bizarre so donald trump is scheduled to do his state of the union address tomorrow and let's see what happens with the state of the union address oh, and we brother. have two weeks less left before the next government shutdown so keep your eyes peeled, but listen to the Chris Ann Hall Show so you understand all of this from a constitutional perspective. God bless.